All right, we are back to podcast, and we are in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter number 20, 1 Samuel chapter 20, and we're going to begin here uh, with verse number 11, 1 Samuel chapter 20, and verse number 11. We are continuing uh, in the study of David. And he is currently, um, he is fleeing from Saul. Saul is after his life. The sin of jealousy has overtaken Saul. And um, it, it's become an obsession is, is where we're at with this. It's, it's a total obsession with David. He, he can't shake it. In fact, it's, it's so uh, desperate that the Bible has phrased it, an evil spirit from the Lord, Um, meaning that the Lord has allowed this evil to completely take over Saul, and as it it is, this jealousy and rage is is driving him at, at every attempt to take David's life. And so, for several chapters now, we're going to be in this place where David is um, he is fleeing from Saul. And so maybe we'll, we'll take a look at some parallel Psalms in some of these places. This, this may be one of those lessons. Um, and then we'll go into chapter number 21. Uh, both of them are relatively short chapters. In fact, chapter 20 is just a partial chapter because we did cover some of chapter 20 the last time. First Samuel chapter 20 uh, what I want to talk about is when someone whom you love, someone whom you have worshipped with, someone whom you have uh, took sweet counsel together, as we will see and say here shortly in the scriptures, has betrayed you. Now, I want everyone to listen well. I, I will probably deal with the Sunday morning message on this as well. Uh, But we hear a lot about uh, church hurt, church pain, um, things that we go through um, in church and in in Christian life. And it's very real. It's a very real situation. I've been through it. I've been through it. I've I had church that I'd give, basically give my life to. And um, just through circumstances that were completely out of my control, you know, it was a, it was a situation where a vast majority did turn. And um, it hurts. It hurts. It can hurt you for a while when you identify these people with God. But these people aren't God. These people aren't Jesus. These people did not die on a cross for you. To say you love Jesus and you hate his church, well, that doesn't quite add up because the Bible says that Jesus loved the church and he gave himself for it. So, understanding that, understanding that, I want us to look in 1 Samuel chapter number 20. 1 Samuel chapter 20. And the Bible says, And Jonathan said unto David, Come and let us go into the field. 
And they went out, both of them, into the field. And Jonathan said unto David, O Lord God of Israel, when I have sounded my father about tomorrow, any time or the third day, and behold, if there be any good toward David, and then I send not unto thee, and show it thee. The Lord do so, and much more to Jonathan. But if it please my father to do thee evil, then I will show it thee, and send thee away, that thou mayest go in peace. And the Lord be with thee, as he hath been with my father. And thou shalt not only, while I live, show me the kindness of the Lord, that I die not. But also thou shalt not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord hath cut off the enemies of David, every one from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord even require it at the hand of David's enemies. And Jonathan caused David to swear again, because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and thou shalt be missed, because thy seat will be empty. So Jonathan is making a covenant, and he's saying, Look, they're going to know you're gone if if you're not there. And when thou stayed there three days, or when thou stayed three days, then thou shalt go down quickly and come to the place where thou didst hide thyself when the business was in thine hand. Thou shalt remain by the stone Ezel. And I will shoot three arrows on the side thereof as though I shot at a mark. And behold, I will send a lad, saying, Go find out the arrows. If I expressly say unto the lad, Behold, the arrows are on this side of thee, take them there, and then come thou, for there is peace to thee, and no hurt, as the Lord liveth. But if I say thus unto the young man, Behold, the arrows are beyond thee, go thy way, for the Lord hath sent thee away. And as touching the matter which thou and I have spoken of, behold, the Lord be between thee and me forever. So, Jonathan is devising a plan. He is devising a way in which he can uh, he he can work this to be able to alert and alarm David of when and what he is about to face with Jonathan's father uh, Saul, who is again seeking to kill David. So Jonathan is devising a plan in an attempt to save David's life. Verse 24, So David hid himself in the field, and when the new moon was come, the king sat him down to eat meat. The king sat upon his seat, as at other times, even upon a seat by the wall, and Jonathan arose. And Abner sat by Saul's side, and David's place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul spake not anything that day, for he thought something hath befallen him. He is not clean, surely he is not clean. And it came to pass on the morrow, which was the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. Saul said unto Jonathan his son, Wherefore cometh not the son of Jesse to eat, neither yesterday nor today? So Saul notices this. I find it fascinating that he's now calling him the son of Jesse, not calling him David. He has removed all personal uh, care. He 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 is removing all um, desire. He, he any any affection towards him. He is uh, totally removed from 
Saul, he, or t- towards David. He's removed it completely. Now watch this. And the Bible says, And it came to pass on the morrow, which was the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. And Saul said unto Jonathan his son, Wherefore cometh not the son of Jesse to meet, neither yesterday nor today? And Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked, Leave of me to go to Bethlehem. And he said, Let me go, I pray thee, for our family hath a sacrifice in the city, and my brother, he hath commanded me to be there. And now, if I have found favor in thine eyes, let me get away, I pray thee, and see my brethren. Therefore he cometh not unto the king's table. So Jonathan is making an excuse as to why David is not there. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. So Saul's upset with his son. So Jonathan, in siding with David, is suffering some fallout for this. Saul's anger is naturally kindled against him. For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy king whereof now send and fetch unto him for me, for he shall surely die. So look at this. This is how people do. This is now. I want you to pay attention to me. I told you we were talking about church hurt, church issues. This is classic. This is a classic example of one. We've got a situation here where Saul despises David. He hates David's guts. He wants David dead. Saul has family, a family member, his son, as a matter of fact, by the name of Jonathan, who has befriended David. He knows David is a man of integrity. He loves David. He cares for David deeply. And so he has basically sided with David over his father. Now that's a hard thing to side against your own flesh and blood. But Jonathan views it as right is right and wrong is wrong. He views it completely independent of flesh and blood. He views it in terms of standing before God and doing that which is right. Now, a lot of people won't do that. A lot of people won't do that. And they're going to stand before God because they sided with family over what God desired. Now, Saul, in an attempt to manipulate Jonathan, his son, reminds him that as long as David is on the scene, David has been anointed to be king. Well, Jonathan, being Saul's son, should be next in line to be king. But he won't be king because God has chosen David. And Saul's reasoning to Jonathan is, if you ever want to be king, we've got to kill David. Why do you keep defending David? Now, Jonathan has a decision. His father is trying to manipulate him. And that's how this works. It, the, the attempts at manipulation. What do you want? It's, it's for your own good that we kill David. It's for your own good You'll have the throne. You'll have the crown. That's what needs to be done is David needs to be killed. So what he's doing, he is attempting to manipulate him, hoping that he will give in to his inner lust and thirst and desire to possess an earthly throne 
and give up a heavenly crown and heavenly home. Well, we're thankful that Jonathan is not of that ilk. Jonathan is made with better substance than that. Jonathan is a man of God himself, and therefore he recognizes that David is God's man after God's own heart. And so Jonathan says, I don't want the throne. God has chosen David. God has not chosen me. And you're not going to be able to manipulate me to your side, Dad. Now let's not forget, he's speaking of his dad. He's speaking to his dad. He is dealing with his dad. And his dad really doesn't care about, he may care about him, but he doesn't love him like he should because he really isn't worried about Jonathan taking the throne. He's more worried about his jealousy, his hatred, and his anger towards David. But he's using that throne and that crown in an effort to manipulate Jonathan away from David. But it doesn't work, thank God. But you know, that's what happens in churches. That's what happens. You'll, you'll, you'll see something occur. Maybe it's a preacher folks some folks don't like, and you'll see it start splitting down family lines. And you'll hear people say, I ain't going to Thanksgiving, or I ain't going to Christmas, or, or I'm having nothing to do with that. You, you still go to that church. You like that preacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manipulation. That's what Saul, that's the spirit of Saul. That's the arrogancy of Saul. That's the anger of Saul. And that is a spirit that divides churches times three times four. We used to call it splits. That's called quarters now. It's not even a half the middle down the split. They've been so splintered, they're quartered now. And that's where it comes from. It's not a preacher's fault, church. It's the spirit of Saul run amok in a church's fault where jealousy and bitterness and anger and haughtiness and hatred and pride permeate throughout the church to utterly destroy it. That is what happens. And understanding that, that's what's going on here. Saul is attempting to manipulate Jonathan away from David using the crown and the throne as as the carrot that he's dangling. So, let's look at it. Verse number 31, For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy kingdom. Wherefore now send and fetch him unto me, for he shall surely die. Jonathan answered Saul his father, and said unto him, Wherefore shall he be slain? What hath he done? And Saul cast a javelin at him to smite him. His anger is so fierce. Now he's throwing a javelin at his own son because his son sided with what's right. You know, Jonathan has more character than some so-called men I've run across. I've seen I've seen a wife, not like a preacher, or a wife have a, a situation in a church and the man 
instead of standing up and saying, no, this is the right thing, gives in to emotional manipulation. That's, that's not a man, that's cowardice. I've seen the opposite happen. I've seen wives want to do what was right and stand for what was right. Integrity and honor from the scriptures. And I've seen husbands that are carnal and sorry and have no spiritual guidance and spiritual intellect whatsoever draw their wives away. I've seen that happen quite often. Manipulate their wives. And I, and, and, and I understand, that's family. But I can also tell you this. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and you won't have that family member with you when you're standing with them, with, before him. And so, we, I've seen it with children. I've seen it with brothers and sisters. And Jonathan will not give in. His dad is doing everything he can to manipulate him down to the crown and the throne. And his dad gets so angry that he attempts to kill his own son over his evil and his hatred, his jealousy, and his animosity towards David. So Jonathan, verse 34, rose from the table in fierce anger and he did eat no meat the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father had done him shame. Shamefulness. Shameful acts. Verse 35. And it came to pass in the morning that Jonathan went out into the field at the time appointed with David and a little lad with him. And he said unto his lad, Run, find out now the arrows which I shoot. And as the lad ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the lad was come to the place of the arrow which Jonathan had shot, Jonathan cried after the lad and said, Is not the arrow beyond thee? And Jonathan cried after the lad, Make speed, haste, stay not. And Jonathan's lad gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But the lad knew not anything, only Jonathan and David knew the matter. And Jonathan gave his artillery unto his lad and said unto him, Go carry them to the city. And as soon as the lad was gone, David arose out of a place toward the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times. And they kissed one another and wept one with another until David exceeded. And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace for as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord be between me and thee, and between my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed. And Jonathan went into the city. It's amazing. It's amazing. Imagine the hurt that David must feel. I know some are out there probably thinking about, um, imagine the, the hurt that Saul must feel. You know, his, his son uh, turning his back, if you please, on him. No, his son is standing for what's right. His son's standing for what is, is the proper thing, the proper decision. Far too few people are willing to do that in this day. They're, they're willing to side with folks that they've been friends with all their lives or folks that they've their family with over what God wants. 
But God's made a decision in this. God has made a, a call in this. So it's not left up for debate. We've got a psalm, Psalm 55. We'll also be looking at a psalm next time. Psalm 55 is a messianic psalm, and that's what we must remember when looking at this with David, that it is all a picture of what Christ will go through and being uh, having hit folks, having others' backs being turned on him and folks betraying him. So we've got this issue. We've got this issue where we've got a family issue, a church issue, a kingdom issue, a worship issue, a a godly issue has become a family issue, and it's become a family issue split down family lines due to the fact that a father is carnal, a father is is godless, a father um, is in a place of authority and in application. We see that. You see godless, uh, carnal people in places of authority in churches. And there's a son by the name of Jonathan, and Jonathan is trying to stand up for what's right and defend David. It causes a real problem between Saul and Jonathan. So I ask you, who would you side with? Side with your dear old dad, your dear old mom, your dear old brother, your dear old sister, dear old children, or if they are wrong... Would you side with God? Well, I see in the scriptures here, David is penned under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, a psalm about this matter. Psalm 55. Psalm 55. The superscription says to the chief musician on Neganoth, Maskeel, a psalm of David. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. So he's praying to God that God would listen to him. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. Hmm. Wonder who he's talking about. We'll know for sure in a minute. My heart is sore pain within me, and the terrors of death are falling upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are overcome upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said all that I had wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander afar off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. David said, if I could get out of this mess, I would do it. I'd fly away like a dove. Day and night they go about upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. For it was not an enemy. Here you go. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. David said if it would have been somebody that that was my natural enemy, if this was the Philistines, is it if this was somebody from Gath, if this was if this was 
some somebody in the world. I could have dealt with it a little better. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. If I, if it would have been somebody from the Philistines, I would have known not to even be in front of them. But look what David says. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked into the unto the house of God in company. David said, what makes this betrayal so deep is it wasn't, a, it wasn't someone from Gath. It wasn't a Philistine. It wasn't someone from the world. It was someone that I worshipped with. That's what is destroying me over this. He said, if it would have been an enemy, I could have borne it, but it's somebody that betrayed me and cut my throat that I worshiped with. How are we going to deal with that? How are we going to deal with that? Verse number 15, he says, Let death seize upon him. Let them go down quick into hell, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, you see that? Verse 15, he said, I'm going to let God deal with them. That's the best thing you can do is go forward for God and let God deal with those that have wronged you. Now watch this. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Do you see what he chose there? Right there, he made the decision that I will let God deal with him, but it's not going to affect how I follow God. I'm going to let God deal with my enemy, but as for me, I'm still going to follow God. And that's what you've got to do when that happens. You say, it's hard, preacher. I know it's hard. It was hard on David. It's been hard on me. But I've got to let God deal with people and then I, in turn, follow God. Because then it becomes me against God if I get out of the will of God because of what somebody else wanted or did. And then I fall right into what they wanted all along. And so, as for me, verse 16 of Psalm 55, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening, morning, and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many with me. So, he gets his eyes off of those that were against him and he looks around and finds those that are with him. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old, Selah, because they have no changes. Therefore, they fear not God. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but boy, that's the truth. Smoother than butter. Oh, I love you, preacher. I love you, preacher. Best little preacher I ever heard. Until you do something they don't like. Until you don't dance to their tune. And now all of a sudden it's not the best little preacher. Then, you, then you're mad at him. The old saying, always be careful 
about that honey on one end. Remember me saying this because there's usually a stinger on the other. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Thank God. If you're righteous, you're not going to be moved. You're going to plant your feet in the will of God and serve God no matter what. But thou, O God, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in thee. So what we do, you let God deal with those that have betrayed you and you determine I'm planting my feet in the will of God and I'm not moving because it's more important that I answer to God and I be clean in that regard than to give in to what man wants. And that, my friend, is how to handle church hurt. I hope you've enjoyed podcast. I will see you on Sunday. I love each one of you. Good night.